he was beaten. He started a business. He failed. He ran for Congress. He lost. He was nominated for vice president. He lost again. But he knew only those who never tried are the real losers. And Abraham Lincoln was no loser. Perseverance. Pass it on. A message from the Foundation for a Better Life. Talk Zone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joe Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. And welcome to week four of Two Guys and a Mic here on TalkZone.com. Thank you so much for joining us, and we do hope you had a wonderful, wonderful weekend, sports and or otherwise. Jordan Burnfield, JB, sitting in for the big dog. Today should be a great show. Lots of football to talk about. Busy sports weekend, and JB, with your permission, we will sneak in a little soccer and NASCAR talk along the way. Can we also get in some tennis and maybe some UFC, some MMA, something that people really don't care about? Tennis at this time of year. Table tennis. Chinese table table tennis. tennis. Regionals were held over the weekend. We now know who (laughs) the final 32 will be in the table tennis finals. You know, because I had the whole thing pegged, and there were a lot of selections that I thought were sleepers that didn't get in. Yeah. Sort of like the March Madness bracket. You know, yeah. they've got Fran Fraschilla breaking down the, the bracket of the table tennis championship. So you are as upset as I am that Zhang Shang did not get invited to the round of 32? Yes. A travesty. I, I thought that Zhang Shang was going to get an at-large bid, didn't get one. So it's really unfortunate. <laughs> oh, goodness. Thank you so much for joining us. Great football over the weekend. Some big upsets. Yeah. Some big upsets. How about that? You come into games saying your team's got no chance. Everybody here in Chicago after that disastrous last night game already talking about how the Vikings are going to beat us by 50 points. Why even watch the game? The Bears are going to get killed. No. Anything can happen on any given Sunday. Let's throw out our first cliche of the week, folks. It's the first of many. We are, by the way, our producer Dave Olson said we're allowed four cliches per show. All right, so if we've used one within the first, what, two minutes and 25 yeah, I seconds, I'd throw it out there. we're going to need to get the other three in very sparingly I'm, throughout the hour. You know what I might do just because I'm a wild and crazy guy, Jordan? Mm-hmm. I might throw two more out in the next two minutes. You're just going to tempt live fate. Date, li- yeah, exactly. You're going to tempt fate. <laughs> you're gonna, see, because you're going to be needing to use that cliche around yeah. 1038, yeah. and you're not going to have it. Well, because... but the cliche became truth over the weekend because it is true <laughs> on any given Sunday, the Kansas City Chief. Beat the Pittsburgh Steeler and the Oakland Raider. That was number two, by the way. And your huh? cliche count. You Thank used you very it again. much. Yeah. The, well, no, that's the same one. Only oh, counts okay. as one. Gotcha. Read your rules, please. But uh, and the Oakland Raider. Yeah. The Oakland Raiders come up with a miracle victory at the very end. So anything can happen. And uh, about 24 hours ago, it did happen. You know, I had. I was in a survival football league. Have you ever played in one of these? Yeah, I, I have not, but I'm familiar with the yeah, concept. Yeah, where you pick a team every week. For those of you who might not be familiar, and you mm-hmm. and you, you know, if you win, you don't even have to cover. You just have to win every week for the whole season. My so, friends, about uh, 20 years ago, we did a survival marriage pool. 
Yeah, that that would be an interesting pull to do. I'm in the final eight right now. That that's congratulations yeah. to you. But the way the weekend wife. the way the weekend went, the odds of me making the final four <laughs> not particularly great. But I'm proud to have made the quarterfinals. Yeah, well, you know, at least you know, there are small victories in there. <laughs> but I act in my survival football league. I'm sitting uh, uh, in the in an airport lounge yesterday trying to pick who I'm gonna choose for this week's game, and I'm sitting next to a friend of mine and. I'm looking at the Cincinnati-Oakland game. I was looking at the uh, Atlanta Giants game. I didn't want to touch that one because I thought that that was a guaranteed, uh, you know, to be a tough game. We didn't know who was going to win. And then I had the Kansas City-Pittsburgh game. So Kansas City-Pittsburgh and Oakland-Cincinnati were the two games I pegged as probable locks, right? (laughs) So now I'm deciding between the two. And my friend says to me, you should go with Cincinnati. They're they're having a great year. They were 7-2 and going into yesterday. No way! They come up on the short end of the stick against the Oakland Raiders. I get off a plane, I drive home, <laughs> I'm checking the scores, and lo and behold, Jamarcus Russell and the Raiders uh-huh. victorious so over Cincinnati. So I'm out. So I'm the done. Final story is you did survive the plane ride, yes, but you did not survive while the plane was in the air. Your survival pool. That's correct. My survival fantasy league mm-hmm. crashed and burned yesterday. And and now I'm out. But you know what? I guess I can think of it as a good thing because now I don't have to check it anymore. It's one less responsibility on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Just worry about the fantasy team. Forget the survival. Did you place a friendly or possibly not so friendly call to the friend that gave you the advice to led that led to your ultimate demise? Well, here's the kicker to this. He called me. He goes, oh, yeah, sorry about that pick I made for you. Sorry you knocked me out of my league with your terrible football advice. I need more than sorry. That's actually, I don't get into the whole fantasy football. I don't get into the pools and the betting on games and stuff, but the survival concept. It's a fun thing. And help me out real quick now. You start the season, and each week you pick any game. Any game, but you only get the team that you pick once. Okay. So every week that you pick... You really have to be careful because it's going to show the spread for every game. So mm-hmm. there's obvious favorites. But if you take, for instance, like the Colts in week one, you yes. you don't have them the rest of the year. So, so you actually have to do a little bit of analyzation of the schedule, a little foresight, a little forethought. Yeah. I mean, what I would do is kind of pick games that I thought were you know, t- kind of middling teams that I yes. thought would definitely win early in the season so that I had my – New England's and my Indianapolis's and my and my teams that you would think would win games later on, you know. And then if you had a team that wasn't so great but they were playing the Lions or the Browns who are mm-hmm. usually guaranteed victories, you could take them. See, that's a bit of a gamble because in any uh, survival football players out there, you have some advice for the dearly departed. Jordan Burnfield, you want to send him <laughs> some sympathy uh, or, you know, just pick him up a little bit. He's a man clearly distraught this weekend. <laughs> One, he had to spend the weekend in Minnesota. I wouldn't wish that on anybody. And two, he is out of his survival pool. But if you have any hints on that, 888-463-6748, that's our phone number. David Olson, our producer, do we have a special number for, like, is there, like, a distraught phone line for people that are really upset, or do they call in our regular line? What's the number for the Chicago Bears in the phone book? Wouldn't know, that be the distraught line? I know on our old radio show, we used to have a special line that we would light up or uh, activate. Only certain times. It was 1-800-WHAT-THE-HELL-HAPPENED. <laughs> Isn't that too many letters? <laughs> After the Steve Bartman Cubs game, the 1-800-WHAT-THE-HELL-JUST-HAPPENED line was lit up. I think it, no, after the Steve Partner and Cubs game, it was probably 1-800-WHAT-THE-F-JUST-HAPPENED. <laughs> no, people were misspelling. <laughs> yeah, they, they, couldn't spell, yeah. they couldn't spell it anymore. Yeah, but, see, but, but, you know, on the survivor concept, 
The other theory is go with the, like the NCAA college basketball tournament, survive and advance. Right. Don't worry about picking a middling team. Just win week one. Right. Pick your most guaranteed. Advance to week two. You can outthink yourself, can you not? Right. I mean, a lot of people I remember were knocked out in the second week because they picked the Steelers to beat the Bears. Or yeah, they picked the Steelers to beat the Bears, and then the Bears ended up beating the Steelers, right. and that rocked a lot of people out of the league. So it is fun because. You think you have these clear victories, and a lot of times you don't. All right. We'll do the NFL round them up, wrap them up, coming up after our first break, round 10-20. A quick, scintillating, if not spirited, look around the NFL. I'll read the scores. Jordan, you will wax poetic. Some good games yesterday, as we talked about. A couple of big upsets by some of the weakest teams, maybe the two weakest teams in the NFL, maybe putting together the most exciting game. Yeah. How about that? And we still have 10 games into the season, two. Undefeated National Football League team. Pretty impressive. Yeah, Indianapolis, I watched a lot of that game yesterday. Didn't look so great. Needed some help on a missed field goal by Billy Cundiff. And and the fact that their defense really bailed out Peyton Manning. You know, they held the Ravens to five field goals, was it, in yesterday's game? And Peyton Manning threw a couple of interceptions. Didn't play quite as well as he normally does. But, hey, they won the game. Indy's 10-0. and It seems like every year they're 10-0. and They're just such a fantastic football franchise. New Orleans, though. Monster win again. Oh. And just getting back to Indianapolis, to go undefeated in a season, yeah. you need to win games like yesterday. Exactly. Every game's not going to be a piece of cake. you got to win a few like that to pull off an undefeated soup. So maybe a good omen for our fine friends in Indianapolis. I agree with you. I, I think you're exactly right. I think that you do need to win a game when you're not playing your best. And I think that what was very interesting, too, and I don't know if you saw this, when they interviewed Peyton Manning after the game, mm-hmm. if you just watched his body language and you watched the way he was answering questions, because one of the things everybody loves about Peyton Manning is his honesty and his and his just upfront forthrightness with the media and just being such a down to earth guy. I love everything about Peyton Manning except his forehead. <laughs> he, he does have a quite his large forehead, forehead. Bothers me, but yes. besides that, total class act, and I love watching him play quarterback. Yeah, I agree. But he he looked like he had lost the game. I mean, he did not act like the quarterback of a ten and zero football team. He was. His his entire demeanor was if I played bad, we almost lost. That's on me, which is kind of scary to think because they're ten and zero. He didn't play his best game, so just imagine when next week what he's going to be going out there mm-hmm. with the mentality of I've got to throw four touchdown passes and for four hundred and twenty five yards, and Indy's got to win by you know at twenty eight points. I saw a lot of Peyton Manning over the weekend, a lot of Peyton Manning, but. Why, because he's in every commercial on television? I, I did not watch a single minute of the Indianapolis Colts game. In fact, I don't know if you're a Gleek or not. Are you a Gleek? A Gleek? David a... Olsen, are you a Gleek? I'm getting a quizzical look. No idea what you're talking about. Wednesday, 8 o'clock, Fox TV, the oh. new high school situation comedy spectacular. It's called Glee. I have become a full-fledged, right from the very get-go, I'm a Gleek. You're a Gleek. Hooked on it for the first time last week, and this might be the start of my... Marital situation, which might cause me to lose my marital survivor pool, but my wife <laughs> forgot the tape clean for me oh. at 8 o'clock. But it's my, probably online. You could probably watch it online. My kids inform me that there is an item called FanCast. There's also a fine Internet uh, show called Hulu. Yes, Hulu is a great thing. On both of those, you could, so I went to Hulu like a complete hacker that I am, and actually it took me a while, but I, but I watched the show. Right. I watched Glee. It was a wonderful, it's a phenomenal show. I'm a full-fledged Gleek. Any other Gleeks out there, 888-463-6748. David Olson, our producer, giving me the absolutely disgusted look. <laughs> it's corny. 
It is over the top. Every stereotype you can get, it's about high school life. Yeah. But it's really good. I'm not the only one. My mom wanted me to tape the first episode. Yeah. And so I, I taped it on my DVR, and she then never... Watched it. She it was on the DVR I, for like six months, and she never got around to watching it. I don't it, so even I know your it. mom, but I guarantee she'd love it. The music, yeah, is outstanding. I, well, you know, I've never seen it. I, I've got a bunch of shows on Fox that I watch. That's not one of them. Just to tell, show you but, how corny this got. The, you got the football quarterback and the head cheerleader, cheerleader yeah. who is pregnant. Oh, okay. okay, there you go. It's actually not his baby, but he doesn't know that. But so uh, he gets invited, and the parents don't know. He gets invited over to the head cheerleader's uh, uh, house for a formal dinner from the strict dad and the strict mom. By the way, she's head, you ready for this, David Olson? Not only the head cheerleader, she's also the head of the school's chastity club. Oh, God. So what <laughs> no! Is this, is, is this just like the movie Varsity Blues strung yeah, out over 16 I, episodes on Fox? Probably worse, but anyhow, halfway through the meal, and again, the parents don't know. The boyfriend says, you know, there's something i got to say, and I do it best through music. And he puts on the tape and proceeds to serenade the parents with having my baby, Paul Ankasong. Oh, God. I'm glad that I'm not a Gleek. After, <laughs> oh, after hearing this Anyhow, description, now I know I definitely don't want to be a It's a, a phenomenal show. Stop before I throw up. <laughs> I'll get you. But anyhow, the, 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 in, interrupting almost every five minutes of my Hulu broadcast and my favorite TV show, Peyton Manning. Yeah. For what, Sprint? I don't know what he's Verizon. doing. I think he... I think talks, he, he was advertising TalkZone.com at one point. Coach, I think he advertises for literally every company around. It's I think that there's an ad agency that just says, we're going to give you Peyton Manning for whatever it is. I, I never saw a minute of the Indianapolis Colts play this weekend, and there's no quarterback I saw more than Peyton Manning. He's he's everywhere. It's unbelievable. All he's right, everywhere. so they're 10-0. and 0, The New Orleans Saints throw some kudos the way yeah. of uh, Drew Brees and the boys. Remember they used to wear the bags over their heads, the fans? Yes, the Aints. They ain't they, the Aints no more. Yeah, they were... They were great again yesterday. Tampa Bay stinks. I mean, that's just, they stink. I mean, there's no other way to say it. But you still have to go in there and beat that team. And they hammered them. And, and that team, it's amazing how many weapons they have. You know, here in Chicago, we, Coach, you and I have talked about it. All the media talks about how the Bears don't have any weapons. When well, you we look, have weapons, but they're all either not working or unloaded. Right. Okay. But New Orleans has got a firing squad on that offense. I mean, it is. I mean, it's just Breeze is one of the best quarterbacks in the game, and some would argue the best. But then you've got Pierre Thomas, Reggie Bush, Mike Bell, three running backs, all of whom are good, are, are fairly high quality. You've got Robert Meacham and Devery Henderson and Marcus Colston, and the list just goes on. And Shockey at the tight end, they have so many weapons. It's it's almost frustrating to me as a Bears fan to look at a team like that, that somehow is able to collect four mm-hmm. or five deep at all these skill positions, yeah. and we don't have one guy like that in but, Chicago. Or do we? We don't. Or do we? We don't. Or do we, fan? Maybe Mr. Dan Grossman, Rex's dad, is correct, and I would argue, and I have been for the last, oh, say, 15 years, that the Bears' offensive passing scheme is A, sophomoric, and B, archaic. That and you could true. switch those two around. Yes. Now, the players you just mentioned, is Jeremy Shockey better than Greg Olson? Yeah. Yes, I would say he is. He's been a better tight end for longer, and Greg Olson has really done nothing in the NFL. Well, I think he's he, more hyped than anything but else. But I would argue part of the reason he's done nothing is the A, sophomore passing scheme, and the B, archaic passing scheme that the Chicago Bears run. Right, but 
that being said, because of that okay. or not, Jeremy Shockey's still better. Okay. I mean, Jeremy, Jeremy but, Shockey's... But all these weapons you're reading to me, you know, Marcus Colston, who are their other receivers? Uh, Devery Henderson, Robert uh-huh. Meacham. All right, well, you know what? We got Johnny Knox here in Chicago. And again, 888-463-6748, your favorite NFL team. You want to comment any of the games yesterday? We are right here for you. You can do it via email, too. Mike, two guys, M-I-C number two. Mike, two guys at AOL.com. You know, Earl Bennett? Leading receiver, I think, in Southeast Conference history. A blazer, Johnny Knox, great speed. Greg Olson, big-time receiving tight end. And Devin Hester, who may not be a number one, but he's a threat. You got all those weapons, and you got Jay Cutler, and maybe the best receiving back in the NFL. All of those weapons, and you can't put together even a medium range passing game? See, I, I think that you I think you're overrating a lot of what the Bears have. Yeah, I that's think, what I do here. Ten to eleven every Monday through Friday. <laughs> Check us out. I overrate our Chicago players. Yeah, I mean let, let me just say this. Matt Forte had one good year in which he had the most touches of any player in the NFL last season. So everybody wanted to say, well Matt Forte is such a dynamic player. Matt Forte should have had 1,300 yards or whatever he finished with last year, given the fact that he had almost 40% of the touches. Okay, That doesn't mean you're that good. That just means you got the ball a lot. Matt Forte was grossly overrated coming into this year. Devin Hester is a defensive back who wasn't a good defensive back, who is a good kick returner, who they've now tried to turn into a number one receiver. Mm -hmm. And from what I've seen out of Devin Hester, he has the ability to, if Jay Cutler could actually throw him the ball, accurately to beat a corner and get downfield on a go route but he's not a very good route running receiver and even though he can make plays if he beats the corner that's the only way he's going to do it i disagree i, I just, think you're stereotyping Devin, and i agreed with you i thought it was a mistake you got the best kick returner best yeah, power why move him out of there leave him there but you know what i think you're looking through shade through um shaded vision shaded glasses if you will i think uh, He's not a number one receiver, but Devin Hester has become a better receiver. Not just a bomb threat, but catching the ball in tight spaces, going across the middle. I'm not saying he's great, but he's better than I ever thought he would be. I think he's a legit NFL receiver. Call he, him a two, call him a three. Okay, right, but he's not number one, and he's their number one. But, and, and he's a weapon. Right, and for a number three, I think Devin would be a fine number three receiver. I agree, but he's not a number one, and the Bears went into the season thinking he would be. And furthermore, Bennett to me is, you, you mentioned it to me maybe before the show as well, he looks like a scared receiver out there. I, I don't think Earl Bennett is much. I think Johnny Knox might be the the highest potential player they yeah. have, but it just doesn't compare. I mean, I, I think that you know the people that want to say that Jay Cutler deserves no blame because he has no weapons, that to me is ridiculous. He deserves a lot of blame. He's been terrible this season. There's no other way to look at it. He's thrown 18 picks. He's fumbled seven times. He has the most turnovers of any player in the league, coach. Most turnovers of anyone in the NFL. That's pathetic. And furthermore, you know, he isn't accurate anymore. Or I don't know if he ever was, but he's not accurate as the Bears quarterback. Well, he's playing scared now. Right. Oh, he's overthrew three Three bombs last night, three go-routes, in which the receiver beat the corner, Mm -hmm. and those could have all been touchdowns, and he blew the throws. those are the obvious ones. Yes. Those that are a little more astute. He had one interception late in the game, again, inability to drive his team down. There could have been, if you watched, at least two or three more. First pass he threw. Right. The first pass he threw should have been picked off. He's throwing in the coverage. He's playing nervous now. 
again, a good offensive coordinator would have, uh, a good head coach would have talked to him and said, hey, hey, don't worry about it. Keep flinging the football. Keep firing, you know, make better decisions, study a little film. But no, they went defensive in their scheme. Not going to throw, you know, the medium range pass. Let's throw the little screen passes, go back to our running game. Wrong philosophy. Yeah. Wrong. You're squishing. You're squashing Jay Cutler, and he's been brutal. Awful. He's the reason they lost yesterday, but the coaching staff's taken the wrong philosophy. I agree. The coaching staff is a disgrace. It's been that way for a while. They got a clean house, get all these guys out of there, get Jerry Angel out of there. But I have one quick thing before we hit the break, yep. and that is that this team, I mean, Jay Cutler has, is everyone that wants to say that, you know, he has no weapons and none of this and all that stuff when you have no offensive line and he doesn't have any time to throw. Why not move him out of the pocket? Why not have him run? Chris Collinsworth made the point on the broadcast yesterday, and I didn't get to listen to a lot of it because I was at work while the game was on, but he made the point that when Cutler was in Denver that he was a really good running quarterback, that he could get out of the pocket and on the run make a good run. I guess he completed two passes on the run yesterday that I that I can't remember, but I remember him saying this. And why not try that? Why not try having him move out of the pocket more? When you know you don't have a line, you know that he's going to get pressured within the first one, two seconds after Chris Williams it gets knocked on his butt and Orlando Pace gets thrown better off the last ball. night. He had time last night. That was not the problem. Right, but why not roll him out yeah. more if that is one of his strengths? And mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just quoting Collinsworth. I've not noticed that myself. But if that's something he can do, then why isn't the coaching staff run, designing plays for him to buy himself more time and throw on the run? It's not in the playbook. Yeah, nothing. What's not in, in the playbook? playbook? Forte run left. <laughs> Forte run right. Third down, feeble pass attempt on a screen. That's the playbook. <laughs> All right, we're going to take a quick break. Upset fans here in Chicago. If you're listening in another city, you're upset. Or, God forbid, you're happy about your football team. We'd love to hear from you, too. <laughs> 888-463-6748. It's two guys and a mic here on the TalkZone.com. Our producer, my bodyguard, David Olson. We'll take a quick break. Don't you go anywhere. Time to get back to Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. Once again, here's the coach, John Cohn. And welcome back to TalkZone.com. It is Two Guys in a Mic, guy number one. That's me, the coach. 
And guy number two today sitting in for the big dog, Jordan Burnfield, the pride and joy of Deerfield High School on the Syracuse Orangemen, Syracuse. That's right. With a big collegiate hoop win over the weekend. Yeah, and a football win over Rutgers. Wow. So it was a good weekend for the Orange. That's unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, the, the win over North Carolina. I mean, they beat Cal and North Carolina in the Coaches versus Cancer Classic to mm-hmm. take it. And that was great. I mean, as a SU fan, you always are kind of nervous because even though Syracuse is usually a good team, it's not like one of the top programs like in North Carolina where they kind of reload and not rebuild. Mm-hmm. They reload to some degree, but it's more uncertainty than some of the other top programs. Mm-hmm. But these guys they've got, they've got some good young players. He's a college basketball fan like you are, and Wes Johnson, Brandon Trish. These are fun players. Syracuse, as you know, plays the no no defense, let's run up and down the floor and just score 95 points if we can. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Syracuse? I mean, they have the 2-3 zone, but they're not a very good 2-3 zone yeah, team. It's a pretty good 2-3 zone. I would disagree uh, with you once again as a basketball coach who at times has his team emulating the Syracuse 2-3 amoeba-type defense. I would strongly disagree with that. Listen, they, they 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 are famous for a two three zone execution mm-hmm. of the two three zone. Not I, always so I, great. I, I, I disagree with you once again. By the way, you mentioned coaches versus cancer. I used to think it was the coaches. I used to call it the coaches for cancer tournament. Yeah, that. that and then was... after a while, I'm like, why is it called the coaches for cancer? Yeah, they're not but for it's the it. coaches versus it. cancer. Let me ask you this, wisdom boy. Yes. Let me ask you this, hardcore Brett. If it was, uh, if you were taking on cancer. Which is about as tough as opponent as you can. Yes. I mean, cancer can shoot outside. Cancer can hit you on the inside. It can come in slowly or it can kill you on the fast break. It's one of the most deadly, toughest opponent. Nobody has been able to no beat, one can yet, beat, it. beat cancer yet. yet. Let's not give up hope. Well, a few people have been able to kind of beat We've it. We've made some inroads. Right. We've made some inroads. Coaches versus cancer. Which three collegiate basketball coaches would you like? If, if I we would, had to battle against cancer. Coach K, for sure. Roy Williams, for sure. I mean, current coaches, correct? Yes. And third... Um, well, you, you could throw in 92-year-old, 95-year-old, 99-year-old Johnny Wood. No, John Wooden, huh? he's, he's got a, he's got a foot, foot in the grave. But I think point. maybe cancer, as deadly as it is, maybe, if it had an iota of respect for the human race, the wisdom, the gentleness of Johnny Wooden, maybe. Yeah, I'd go Coach K, Roy Williams, and probably a Billy Donovan, you know, because he's won two titles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a All tough right. opponent to beat. All right, no question about it. 888-463-6748. We're going to do the NFL Roundup, Wrap-Up. It's a Monday tradition here in the morning break. Give us a call, talk some football over the weekend, or if you're not into football and other sport, float your boat. We are right here to uh, jump in the boat with you and row into whatever lake you would like to be seen. Let's go out to the phone lines real quick and check in line number 19, and it's HVAC Jim checking in. Jimmy, how are you, and what the hell does HVAC mean? It's heating, ventilation, air conditioning, and today I need oxygen. Wow. Without a doubt. <laughs> another, another fine Bears game, huh, Coach? <laughs> oh, fantastic. Heating, ventilating, and air conditioning, and today I need oxygen. Well put, well put, uh, caller Jim. Yeah, you know, you're talking about rolling uh, – Jordan's talking about rolling Cutler out, and he had a lot of success with that in Denver. But you got to remember, you need a potent rushing attack, a threat, in order to have that work to some extent. Because they're going to go after that quarterback if they know you're not going to run the ball. How do you play play action when there is no running game? You know, it's, it's almost non-existent. It's a good point, Jim. But I, what I would say is this, is that 
they're still going to try to run the ball. And even though they can't run the ball, I think they still are enough of a threat that they will run the ball that the play action would work a little better. I mean, you keep hearing this whole ridiculous commentary from Lovey Smith that they're a running football team when they have this, the third to worst running game in the NFL. But, you know, I'm not an offensive coordinator, but what I'll tell you is that I think if nothing else, if it gave Cutler a second more to get a pass off, that it would be worth it because at this point, besides the fact that Cutler has played so poorly, Jim, I, I think that you just need to give the guy a second or two more to see if he can find somebody else downfield. And the way they're doing it right now isn't working. Whether it's rolling him out or whatever it is, obviously something has to change. I just think that maybe a second or two more on every play would maybe give Cutler a little more time to be more effective. Yeah, you know, if his receivers could get some separation, like, you know, a few times they got separation yesterday and Cutler couldn't hit him, so it wouldn't have mattered. Um, but anytime. The receivers are going out. It seems like there's a man right on top of them. I watch the other teams play, and their receivers are getting separation. They're running mm-hmm. routes better, or the routes are being called yep. better and that's, coached better. Get that, rid of Turner. That's yeah. all. I completely agree, I agree. with you, Jim. That's I'm, all part of that passing scheme that I called A, sophomoric, and B, archaic. And, again, you know, you can place those two in either order, but I completely agree. Yeah. yeah. You know, and Dan Grossman, life. Rex's dad, got fired upon for saying that very same thing. It's been like, what, 18 quarterbacks over the last three coordinators? Right. I mean, as a Bears fan, though, Jim, don't you get the feeling that they won't do anything about this? I mean, maybe they'll fire Ron Turner as the fall guy, but ultimately, Lovey Smith, if he still has the say, is going to bring in another offensive coordinator that's just a pawn in his system. I think part of it is that Lovey Smith continues to want to be this certain type of football team and force feeds whoever his offensive coordinator is, to be of a certain mold. I mean, John Shoup and Terry Shea and, and Ron Turner, they're all these very unimaginative running-type like, football um, co- or coordinators. It's like one flew over the cuckoo's nest. When you become a bear offensive coordinator, you get lobotomized. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Well, Even the head coaches. Look at Dick Duran, look at Lovey Smith. To a certain extent, Dave Wanstead. Something happens when they become the bear coach. It's bad. It's bad. I mean, I just think that... If the Bears really want to win, which I honestly don't know if they do. Oh, sure they do. But if they really – no, because if you really want to win, at the end of the season, you have to fire Lovey Smith. You have to fire mm-hmm. Jerry Angelo. Wow. You have to fire the coaching staff. Believe me. Because they, really... they can't fire every player on the team. Right, I'm not right, going to question Lovey Smith or Jerry Angelo's confidence. Go ahead, caller Jim. You know what? You got my vote, Jordan. I'm losing the love for Lovey. Uh, I don't know if he's going to be able to take this team any farther. Right. I mean, Jim, think about it this way, too. Not only do they stink now, they're not going to be better next year. They don't have any draft picks. They're be- it's like 31 of the 32 NFL teams are participating in next year's NFL draft, and the Bears are going to Cabo in April. They I mean, they don't have any draft picks, so they can't make the team better through the draft you know, unless they're going to the, sign four for free agents. The further development of new superstar Khalil Bell, Johnny Knox, <laughs> and a more seasoned offensive line, the Bear offense will come into their own next year. Oh, God. You know what? That's that's a nice pipe dream, and and I keep hoping every week when I watch that some things are going to change. It it was nice to see Bell shoot out there through that little gap when they were bringing everybody. I mean, that was just awesome. Yeah. I mean, that was the one good moment. How cool was that? Your first NFL rush ever, national TV, and you get 72 yards. Unbelievable. a, A rare bear highlight, but that was cool. Well, 
you know, I had to have something to be happy about yesterday. I'm thinking <laughs> about right. Thanksgiving turkey now. I'm, uh, that's right. I think, yeah. Jimmy, yeah. we, we feel your pain, brother. We feel your pain here in the city of Chicago. I'm sure fans in Cleveland, Detroit, Oakland, and a few other places, Seattle maybe, can feel the pain also. Yeah, but, thanks, uh, Jim. Okay, Good guys. stuff. Yeah, Jimmy checking in. You can too at 888-463-6748. Don't forget our email line, which is Mike2Guys at AOL.com. M-I-C number two. Mike2Guys at AOL.com. JB, you ready for an NFL? Round them up and wrap them up. Yes, I am. Let's do it. All right. Here we go. Do we have any, you know, kind of funky music that we're going to like circus music we can play under the round them up, oh, wrap them up apparently we do not yeah all right that's okay <laughs> <laughs> all right game number one real quick it was supposed to be the worst game of the day they called it the, what the bad team bowl i would call it the toilet bowl it was detroit against cleveland and it turned in probably the most exciting game of the afternoon the lions yeah. pull it out 38 37 who would have thought it? matt stafford the rookie quarterback five touchdown passes including he pulled a willis reed at the very end yeah, comes into the game after he'd been removed with a shoulder injury and is able to float the winning touchdown as time expires. But only in this game of two horrible teams does the does the Lions do the Lions have a chance on that final play because on a Hail Mary, the previous play, Cleveland has called for pass interference in the end zone to set up the last play for Stafford to throw the touchdown. But call me a cynic, but talk about how bad these defenses are that Brady Quinn could throw for four touchdowns and Stafford could throw for five. And do Cleveland and Detroit have defensive coordinators? These are two of the worst offenses in the NFL. And they put up a combined, what, 38 and 37 last night. That is pathetic. But no, it was, it was a really good game to watch. And even though there was probably the least amount of football fans actually viewing this game, I don't even think the players' parents wanted to watch this game yesterday. Turns out it was a really good one. No so. question. Game two in the NFL round them up, wrap up. New England Patriots just keep on keeping on. They come back after their loss last week. They beat the Jets 31 to 14. Tom Brady is fifth consecutive 300 plus game. It's safe to say Jordan, he has recovered from last year's injuries. Yeah. Tom Brady is obviously one of the best quarterbacks in the game and going to be a Hall of Famer one day. And, you know, they finally we can get that stupid Bill Belichick fourth and two call out of our system. We don't have to hear about it anymore. But talk about a team in the Jets that just dive-bombed out of this thing. Remember the first three or four games when everybody had the big love fest for yeah. Mark Sanchez and Rex Ryan? Rex Ryan, and coach the, of the year. The Jets are turning it around, and here they come in the AFC East after beating New England. Oh yeah! All of a sudden, Mark Sanchez looks like the rookie quarterback that everybody thought he was going to be, you know, and Rex Ryan, a rookie coach. On the little bit I know of your uh, social life that you've told me, and I'm just getting to know you better and better over the last six months. Your dating cycle with females and the New York Jets season thus far, pretty similar. <laughs> they are, they have been similar. It started <laughs> on a high, and it's just gotten worse and worse every week. Things are looking good. This could be the one. Things are looking good. Not a slight drop off, but. Oh yeah, yeah. Nosedive. I mean, that's 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 my dating life and the and the New York Jets season. Absolutely. Single is still eligible out there, female listeners. If you are single, even if you're married, what the heck? Eight 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 four six three sixty seven forty eight. It's a new dawn. It's the dawning of a new era. Things happen. Single, married, interested, whatever it be. Jordan Burnfield, very much available. You can email us at mike two guys at aol dot com. Game three, <laughs> NFL round them up. Wrap them up. Big upset. Kansas City Chiefs beat the Steelers 27-24. Last second field goal by Ryan. You don't pronounce his name. Suck up, do you? It is suck up, yeah. It is suck up? Yeah. Wow. 
Yeah, he is a huge suck-up. But, wow. yeah, it's just uh, that game yesterday, what a weird game. Kansas City returns a kick for a touchdown. They get another long return. Mike Tomlin says after the game, put this one on me because, you know, we didn't play up to the standard that we needed to. Ben Roethlisberger got hurt in the game. Charlie Batch had to come in there and play. It was just it's weird that the Steelers are 6-4 and because they should be so much better than that. They've lost mm-hmm. to Kansas City now. They lost to the Bears. They've had some inexplicable losses. And to me, my favorite NFL coach is Mike Tomlin. Yep. I love that guy. But I wonder why this team is 6-4. and They have a good running game. They have a good quarterback. They have good receivers. They have a good defense. But for some reason, they just can't get out of their own way sometimes. And again, yesterday, Kansas City, huge win. Big upset game number five. Great ball game. We predicted it would be a good one. It lived up to its billing. The defense of the Raven versus the offense of the Indy Colt. The Colts pull it out. We talked about they stay undefeated. 17-15, to 15, a thriller in Manila. Yeah, I mean, the, the reason why the Colts won is they scored touchdowns and the Ravens scored field goals. And ironically, after the Ravens cut Stephen Hauschka, the kicker, because he stunk, Billy Cundiff... Stephen Hauschka. Hauschka. Even God, though... God bless you. Yes. Even though... The new kicker, Billy Cundiff, hit five field goals yesterday. Loved he him missed. in the Titanic, by the way. <laughs> he, he was good. Yeah. What was that, Billy Crudup? Uh, Crudup, yeah. Was Our, yeah. You know the guy who played the bad guy in te- the movie? Yeah, Titanic? I know who you're thinking. I good actor. Yeah, he that was. a quality actor. Yeah. Sorry, continue. But, yeah, but I mean, uh, Cundiff then misses the field goal that would have won Baltimore the game. So, you know, it just the Ravens can't win in terms of kickers. But... I, I still think, though, that the Ravens played a pretty good game defensively. They made it tough on Peyton Manning. And you know, like you said before, Coach, which is a great point, Colts had to win a game in which they didn't play their best, and they mm-hmm. did yesterday. No question about it. Game six in the NFL. Round them up. Wrap them up. The Packers and the 49ers. Good ball game here. Back and forth. Packers led early. Alex Brown. Alex Smith, right? Alex Smith, Alex yeah. Smith, the uh, San Francisco quarterback, gets hot in the second half. Three touchdown passes, not enough. The Packers pull it out. Mike Singletary down to defeat. Pretty good game, 30-24, your finale. You know what the only thing I could think of while seeing the score of this game and seeing the highlights of this game? That you wish the Bears had Alex Smith at quarterback? Well, that, that wasn't <laughs> it, but it was that how much do the Bears stink that Green Bay goes out and has no trouble scoring on them has no trouble beating them. I mean, I know that the game ended up being close, but Green Bay was up by a lot early in the game. And the Bears can't even do anything against that team. They scored six points on the vaunted 49er defense, which Aaron Rodgers puts up 30 on. So then all that game made me think was, God, the Bears stink even worse than I thought. Mm -hmm. That's the cynic in me, of course. You know, I'm trying to get away from being depressed about the Bears. The NFL round them up, wrap them up. We're looking at some other games. I'm almost feeling better because of realizing how frustrated other fans are, and you keep reverting back to the Bears, I'm trying to make myself feel better. Please. I know. Leave the Bears out of these. Well, uh, you, you are wearing a Bears shirt with yeah, the I'm large C loyalty. on the front, which is just, you know, screaming Bears at me. It's so. all about loyalty. That's right. Beat the Vikings on Sunday. We're focused on just the game ahead of us. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> 56 nothing Minnesota. I can see it already. All right. Game number seven, NFL round them up, wrap them up. One team arrow pointed up. The other team arrow pointed way down the Denver Broncos. Gets smacked by San Diego, 32-3, to JB. Are the San Diego Chargers finally for real? Oh, yeah. they're they're Not only are they for real, but LaDainian Tomlinson, back-to-back weeks now, has scored a touchdown, three touchdowns in the last two weeks, 
starting to play like the Ladanian Tomlinson we know and love. I mean, what a great player he is when he's playing like he should. And I know that he's had kind of a down last couple of seasons, but I love the guy. I think he's a great player, and uh, he's playing well again. And Phillip Rivers is one of the best quarterbacks in the league. And Kyle Orton hurt yesterday. By the way, I don't hear anyone talking about how great Kyle Orton is anymore now that the Broncos are on a four-game losing streak. But 6-4, and four, the Broncos now, they're... They could be in trouble to make the playoffs, as crazy as that sounds. Another team that uh, very much symbolic of your uh, particular social life. Yes. I mean, starts on a high and just <laughs> crashing and burning. That's the Denver Broncos season. Game eight. We got three more to go here. Game eight. New York Giants defeat Atlanta. Great ball game here. 34-31. The Giants needed this one, and it took a field goal in overtime to win it. Larry Tynes. Don't Larry Lawrence, don't call me Larry Tynes with the game-winning field goal. Great ball game, and the Giants needed this victory. Yeah, they did. I mean, the Giants are are just not good, though. I'm sorry. I know that they started the season 5-0, and but all five of their wins came against winless teams. None of the teams that they had beaten prior to yesterday had a win. So, you know, okay, so they're, they're 6-4 and four now. I mean, congratulations, New York Giants. I think they're nothing. Atlanta, too. I mean, Matt Ryan, after that great rookie season he hasn't been bad he just hasn't been as good and i think that it was just a battle of two not so great nfc teams somebody had to win the giants won at home uh two games left oakland knocks off cincinnati 22 what was the final there 2017 it's something close like that phenomenal comeback if you didn't watch this one brad gradkowski who finally replaces jamar bruce gradkowski yes he the could kid, be brad grad but he's bruce kid out of the mac conference he used to drive northern illinois fans uh which i would be one of those crazy for about four consecutive years uh he throws a touchdown pass late in the game and then and that tied it up and then they kick it off fumbled kickoff by kansas city 33-yard field goal to win the game. They score 10 points in the final couple of minutes. Amazing finish and amazing upset. Oakland over the Red Hot Bengal. Yeah, every time I want to call the Bengals the Bengals, they revert to the Bungles, and that's what they did yesterday. I mean, by by the way, how funny is it, though, that the Oakland Raiders can actually get a miraculous win with Bruce Gretkowski and they can't do it with Jamarcus Russell. Mm -hmm. Is there anything that exacerbates the point more than Jamarcus Russell is one of the worst players in the NFL? And this guy is so bad that they could put Bruce Gretkowski in there and beat Cincinnati. He's a grinder. Jamarcus Russell, honestly, if if you asked me whether I'd rather have Jamarcus Russell or like a chimp as my quarterback, I'd probably Take choose a chimp. Easy. Take it easy. He's terrible, he coach. Was an outstanding collegiate quarterback. There are a lot of. That's why he's in the NFL. There are a lot of outstanding collegiate quarterbacks. This guy might be the worst number one overall draft pick I can remember in my lifetime. He's that bad. Worse than Larue Martin, the I, famous NBA. That might be yeah, the worst. Yeah, that was that was a horrible. That was a horrible number one pick. <laughs> I mean, Ryan Leaf was a number two overall pick. That was pretty bad. That was too. pretty bad. All right, very quickly uh, before we take a quick break, we'll come back with your phone calls. Eight 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 four six three six seven four eight. Minnesota. We talked about it already. Thirty five to nine over Seattle. Brett Favre, unbelievable. Twenty two for twenty five. He's incredible. Eighty eight percent. Jordan, you were talking off air. You can say it on air. Your thoughts. He's, right now on the Minnesota Vikings. They're the best team in the NFL. There There's go. no question. Not are, the NFC. No, the NFL. Wow. They are, I don't wow. care that Indianapolis is 10-0. New Orleans can be 10-0. There is no team with a better quarterback, running back, receivers, offensive and defensive line. They are so stacked but in every position, it's almost unfair. The Bears do have a better field goal kicker than Minnesota. I, I, maybe, I guess. I mean, Ryan Longlaw's pretty solid. I don't know. Well, I, solid, but Robbie Gold. He's pretty good. Nobody he did can get match up with yesterday. our field goal kicker. Yeah, well, yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, they, they have a better punter. They have a better return man. They have after, everything. After that, we start to slip, but damn it, nobody is better than our field goal kicker. This Sunday, Vikings 63, Bears 3. All right. Hey, remember, Oakland beat Cincinnati. KC beat Pittsburgh. The Bears can beat Minnesota, too. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, I'm going to suggest to you, Jordan Burnfield, and our TalkZone.com, two guys that are my fans out there, a rule change that's been a long time coming in the National Football League. And I will also address the question, do we really need preseason? No. Do we even need preseason training? I will explain it, por favor, when we come back. Back in a minute. are open for your calls on two guys and a mic call 888 go for it once again here's the coach john cone and back for our final segment one hour jb it's not enough hopefully in the not too distant future our fine general manager the commander-in-chief chris whitting will allow us two hours but right now we are limited to only 56 minutes of intelligent sports discussion well, that's, sports discussion. I was going to say, is the 56 minutes, are you sure that's, that all 56 minutes are intelligent sports discussion? Uh, I had sh- it pegged at about seven minutes. <laughs> <laughs> that's the over and under, huh? Yeah, that's, I mean, the over and under last week was at five. Yes. But they, they wanted to give all us the right. benefit of the doubt this week, okay. so they moved Important it up to seven. Important thing is, our arrow is pointing up. Yes. We're on the upward slope. Unlike our, my dating life. Our email is Mike2Guys, M-I-C number two. Mike. Two guys at AOL.com. We were talking about the coaches versus cancer basketball tournament and threw out there real quickly. If you could pick any three great college coaches to battle the greatest opponent of all, cancer, who would you pick? And one of our emailers, uh, and I love his address, it's XXZZ. Not bad. XXZZ says, how about Tom Izzo for the battle against cancer? Good choice. Yeah, I think Tom Izzo was probably... Yeah, he's the name I should have mentioned other than Billy Donovan. I think that you, mm-hmm. you talk about probably three best coaches in college basketball, mm-hmm. Izzo, Co- Coach K, and, yeah. and Roy Williams. You put those three guys together, have them concentrate less on basketball, and you have those three guys coach the doctors, coach the research, the scientists, I guarantee you, major inroads within three to five years. Uh, I All I can tell you is And then is you could that... throw Northwestern's Bill Carmody in, and he could teach him the, that that. Princeton offense, and you'd totally confuse them. And then there would be a lot of life yeah. lessons going on. All the there. chemists and the science guys would say, you know what, man, you know, our doctorate was a lot easier than this Princeton offense. The hell is this guy talking? <laughs> they will about? be, they will be very well conditioned scientists. <laughs> so they'll be able to run suicides better than anyone else. All right, very quickly, uh, and I mentioned two things before the break. Want to get to those two? By the way, beat the schmoes, David Olson. You ready for this? I had my second out of three weeks. O and three, I beat the schmoes. And David's thinking that I usually do this. My record and beat the schmoes. On the other show, when we started the concept, and for new listeners, it's every football Friday. You pick any three games, high school, college, or pro, 
You pick it against the point spread. Myself and you, Jordan, whoever the co-hosts are, the Schmoes, and you try to beat the Schmoes in your football picks. It's not that complicated. I went 0-3. Mark Carmen went 2-1, but you ready for this? We got a drum roll in there, anyone? Paradise. David Olson, the beautiful and lovely Paradise. 3-0 over the weekend. 3-0 Paradise. <laughs> we literally spin the dice. The beautiful, the lovely, the sometime voluptuous paradise, which is a pair of dice, Jordan Burnfield. White dice for the home team, green for the visitor. Yep. Three and out winner picks. You know what? It it just shows. It's like every year when you do the uh, March Madness pool. Yeah. And you have that girl in yeah. it who picks all the teams based on the weather. Yeah. And the uniform colors and yeah. the mascot, and she wins, and you're sitting there like a geek <laughs> trying to come up with your picks and analyzing the strength of schedule yeah. of a St. Mary's or a <laughs> or of a Hofstra or some team that just got into the tournament, and she goes, "Oh well, I like Arizona. Their yeah. colors are pretty, and they're winning the damn tournament, and you're or losing the, to her." The office boy, you got 64 names in a hat. You know, you pull out first, and you pick Albany State. Yeah. And then some girl pulls out, you know, is North Carolina good? Oh, oh God. Man, yeah. you got to be kidding. Yep, and then she wins. <laughs> it's just every year that happens. It happened to me in high school every year. We always lost to this girl who I would say watched maybe a quarter yep. of a college basketball game in her life. It's called paralysis through overanalysis. The yep. less you think, and paradise is a perfect example, the better you do. Very quickly, I mentioned two things. Uh, one, do we need preseason? Do we need preseason training and all? More and more. You see athletes in all sports, and Brett Favre is right now the shining example. Guys that don't go to the three, four, five, six weeks training camp for conditioning and the film study and everything, and they come back. Brett Favre's having one of his best seasons ever. Is that four or five week training program? Is it worth all that money and time? Well, I think in the case of Brett Favre, you're talking about a Hall of Fame player, one of the best players to ever play football. He's also so, 38 years old, 39 years old, 40 years old, 40 years old. Yeah, I mean, I think it. I think that in the case of Favre, no, he doesn't need it because he's one of the best players ever, and and he's been through this for almost 20 years. I think that the younger players, it benefits the younger players a lot more. I think it benefits the bad teams a lot more to try to get some reps in, especially when you have new coaching and you want to try to make sure that everything works, where I think there should be less of in the NFL is that you don't need four exhibition games. I don't know why there are four yeah, exhibition yeah, games. Yeah, that's it, a whole different you, Right, but you got, guys get hurt. I mean, it guys, and it impacts the season too much. And to me, Coach, I think it goes hand in hand because they could have the same amount of training but two less weeks of exhibition season, and then I think – the the training camp would be better utilized. The fact that you also have a month of preseason games means that the pre the training camp is almost rendered useless because you're doing the same things just for four weeks longer in the exhibition. You know what I'm saying? If you have two weeks, then th- those training camp sessions become a lot mm-hmm. more worthwhile because you don't have as much time to work on it while the games are going. Yeah, you might be right. It's just it's interesting. As a coach, I firmly believe, hey, practice time. You know, you got to put the work in. No pain, no gain. Put the sweat in early so you can achieve later on all those wonderful cliches that hopefully I'll fill up by 10.56 this yeah. morning. But uh, Where are we on the cliche meter? Well, after I just throw those two, I think I got one left. Oh, well, Four cliches per show. You, you only got a few minutes left. You're gonna... I will do my best. But okay. you do wonder uh, you know, how valuable 
maybe time away and a little bit of rest, both physical and mental, is beneficial. Maybe we overrate the work, 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 work. Yeah, well, I do think I do think you're right in this sense. I think that the OTAs and all the stuff in the spring, mm-hmm. I don't get that. I mean, I think that if anything, all that needs to be done is that the players, because they're being paid so much money and because of the investment the teams are making in them, should be on some kind of training program, you know, running and lifting and all that sort of thing. But I think you're right. I think that as much as they get paid and as much as everybody wants to say, well, they should be doing other stuff all the time, maybe a little mental break would help mm-hmm. all these guys a, a little more rest in the off season. And I think that that might be beneficial. But I think to your point about Favre, the best players in any sport probably don't need the training. I mean, if you put Kobe Bryant on the court or LeBron James after they haven't played all NBA offseason, mm-hmm. they could probably go in there and be great right away. Just like, uh, you know, stick Albert Pujols into the lineup after an offseason where he didn't swing a bat and he's probably still going to hit 350. The best of the best mm-hmm. don't need the training. But I think that the right. middle guys, they probably still do. All right. Now, the other thing I wanted to bring up is the rule change. And this is nothing dramatic. It's been talked about before, and I say it often during the season, and that is the overtime rule in the NFL. We saw a couple of games decided on it yesterday, a great game. The Giants in Atlanta, back and forth, big game for both teams. Atlanta kicks off to the Giants. Due to the coin flip, the Giants moved the ball down the field a little bit. They didn't score a touchdown, 36-yard field goal. Game is over. No chance for the Atlanta Falcons to respond. JB, I think that's a rule. I can't believe that it's lasted this long, and I can't think of another sport where you, in overtime, after a hard-fought game, you have no chance to respond. Yeah, it just, I don't get it either. I mean, I think that it does, the argument to be made for the sudden death overtime in the NFL is that it does provide a lot of drama. You have to stop, if you if you don't get the ball, you have to go all out to stop them from getting into field goal range so that you have a chance with the football. But I, I still think, though, that the college overtime is more exciting because both teams have a chance to respond. If you're going to do it in the NFL, though, I've heard a lot of people say, well, we should do it just like college. No. I think if you do it in the NFL, I would give each team the football from the 50. Okay. You know, I wouldn't do it at the 25 that's because fine. that's a guaranteed score. Yeah. I mean, for most teams, yeah. unless you have a bad field you're, goal kicker. Keep the drama and keep the excitement, but make it fair. Yeah. I love the drama and I love the excitement, but but maybe the only thing I value more than that in sports is you got to make the game fair. And, yeah. in, you know, 99.9% of the rules, I, I you know, I think it's fair. You may disagree with some rule, but it's fair for both teams. The overtime rule is just not its not equality, a hard-fought battle. One team gets the ball, scores, the other team no chance to respond. I just hate to see it. I don't care what team you're rooting for. From an athletic standpoint, I hate to see that happen. It just doesn't seem in the most basic sense. It just does not seem fair. Yeah, it, well, it's it's not. And I think that, you know, some people might argue that that is a good thing. I agree with you, though, Coach. I would say that they should change it and make it more more like the college overtime. But, again, don't start at the 25. That's too easy for NFL players. Put them at the 50, and, and that's a perfect spot because then you have to earn probably 20 yards yeah. to get a field goal. Go even 10 yards further back. You're on 40. Right. I mean, it's something where they actually have to sustain a little bit of a yeah, drive. I agree. All you right. Know? we got to wrap up but today's show. I want to thank everybody for joining us. It has been tremendous. JB, I know we're going to get you back. By the way, we can throw this out to our listeners, too, via the email at mike2guys at AOL.com. If you'd like to trade a player from your team, our quarterback is available. At least I'm stating that. 
Jay Cutler is available. Who would you offer? Maybe on tomorrow's show we'll come up with the best deal. But who would you offer to us from what team for Jay Cutler? Because that game last night, Sunday night football, wow. We have a a quarterback that was so high on our sights, and now his performance is so low. I mean, that, that was almost an embarrassing performance by a National Football League quarterback. Yeah, it was bad, although uh, now that he's signed the contract extension, I don't even think you could get rid of him right now. I mean, he's got, Well, he's, but we can do it on Sports yeah, right, Talk Radio. This right. is fantasy time. Mike, right. two guys at AOL.com. The best deal we will read over the air tomorrow. MIC number two. Mike, two guys at AOL.com. Who would you give us for Jay Cutler? Preferably a left tackle that can block. Yeah, a left tackle that can block an entire offensive line. A defense, a new offensive coordinator, a head coach, a general manager. Here's how bad things are, Dave. You know, Tuesday for the Bears, that's their charitable day when they go out in the schools and they do, uh, you know, talks and they make appearances. A couple of the Chicago public schools called up the Bears this morning and said, you know, thanks, but I, we got regular classes on Tuesday. You can tell out of way I'll gooniate thanks, but probably doesn't need Yeah, well, we don't, sorry, Josh Beekman, we don't need your <laughs> services this week. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Jordan, thanks for coming in. We'll talk to you tomorrow at 10 o'clock. David Olson, my bodyguard, our producer. Great job, as per always. We'll see you tomorrow at 10 on the TalkZone.com.